Hey, it's Melissa Moore, and thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning for Mile High Magazine. Happy to have you here. Well, Andrea Malcolm is on the phone with us. She's with Historic Denver. Good morning. Good morning. Well, tell me a little bit about Historic Denver, Inc. and what it is. So Historic Denver is a private nonprofit organization that owns and operates the Molly Brown House Museum. The exciting thing we have right now is a new exhibit that just opened called Looking Forward, Looking Back. This exhibit will run through the summer and is really a great way to look at the depth and breadth of commitment it took from our community to be able to save and preserve the Molly Brown House Museum. So uh, if you visit the museum or take one of our virtual experiences, you'll get to learn about all of the passion and commitment it took to save the Molly Brown House and all the people who made that happen. Um, so Historic Denver, of course, has gone on to be one of the most successful preservation organizations in the West. Yeah, absolutely. And tell me, what when did the preservation for the Molly Brown House start here in Denver? So I love this story. So in uh, late 1970, um, a man named Art Leisering actually owned this home. And he had been running it as a boarding house, lived in it himself, in one of the apartments and then rented it out to the city for a couple of years. And they used it as a Jane Adams halfway house for young girls who were getting into a little bit of trouble and just needed some help. Um, but Art sort of looked around the community, knew that the house needed more work than he could handle. Um, so rallied friends and supporters, including the governor's wife, Ann Love, um, early preservationists like Dana Crawford, um, Jim Judd and said, Hey, we need to save this house. It is too important to Denver. It's too important to Colorado because this amazing woman named Margaret or Molly Brown lived here. Mm -hmm. Um, So the community came together, um, formed Historic Denver in late 1970. And exactly 50 years ago this month, March 1971, they threw open the doors to the Molly Brown House Museum, even though nothing had been done to it. And people lined up around the block just to get in the house. So they said, hey, we might have something here. Uh And Art sort of, Art said, let's try this. And so everyone came together and said, let's make a museum. I love that story. Um, All right. So I know that you've saved other places besides just the Molly Brown House. Tell me a little bit about some of the other places. Well, exactly. So Historic Denver, this new preservation organization in Denver said, hey, we made this work at the Molly Brown House Denver is sort of disappearing before our eyes. What can we do to save some of the other places that matter to our city's history? Um, So one of the early projects was actually on uh, what was soon to become the Auraria College campus. Um, There was some original neighborhoods um, right there where the city formed uh, thanks to the gold rush. And so Historic Denver stepped in and worked with the state and worked with private officials to actually create an intact sort of block of houses that still exists today right in the middle of campus. Um, and a lot of tradespeople and preservationists, they learned the trade right there on Knight Street Historic Park. And then Historic Denver also <clears throat> helped save what we know as the Dr. Justina Ford House, mm-hmm. which is home to the Black American West Museum. They helped save the tramway building, which we, we sort of all lovingly know as the Spaghetti Factory downtown. Right. Um, And then worked with neighborhoods like the Baker neighborhood, the Curtis Park neighborhood to help keep those neighborhoods with their unique character and create historic districts. One of the projects we're actually working on today 
is preserving the history and legacy of Denver's Chicano Chicano movement. Mm -hmm. Um, We're working uh, in the La Alma Lincoln Park neighborhood to help preserve their murals, tell their stories, and working towards perhaps a historic district in that neighborhood. Uh, We're also working on the Loretto Heights Campus Neighborhood Initiative and have been a part of the conversation in the National Western Center in the stock show yards. Oh, okay. Well, that's exciting to hear about all the projects that are still going on. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about 50 Actions for 50 Places. So we thought we're turning 50 years old, and we've had such great success over those 50 years, including with the Molly Brown House Museum. Uh, but we know that preservation is is something that doesn't go away. It doesn't stop. Um, it certainly keeps us all very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to sort of honor that grassroots spirit of community that formed historic Denver 50 years ago, where the you know people of Denver came together and said, this place matters to us. Well, we want the people of Denver today to look around and say, I can't imagine Denver without fill in the blank. So what place matters to you in your neighborhood, your community area? Is it a sign on Colfax? Is it a park? Is it a church? Is it a community center or the home of someone you know made an impact in our community. So Mm -hmm. we're putting a call to action out to everyone in the region to help us find those 50 places that need to be sort of preserved or talked about in some way. So we'll be taking uh, those submissions for the next couple of months uh, through our website, which is historicdenver.org. And you can upload photos, you can pin it to the map, Um, And you can also see what other places in our community have already been submitted. Um, One of the great projects happening right now um, is um, the Asian American community here in Denver is looking at having one of the plaques in lower downtown rewritten because the language on it is, is frankly, you know, not what we would consider appropriate today for describing the Chinese Americans who, who founded that neighborhood in Mm -hmm. some respects. So they would like to reinterpret the story there. So projects like that, that really talk about the history of our city and our neighborhoods and the amazing people who have called Denver home over the last 150 years. Well, what I like, too, is that as you're looking for 50 actions for 50 places, you're not just talking about buildings. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit there, um, parks or a sign or, I don't know, maybe a mural. Absolutely. So preservation sort of looks beyond the built environment or the structure of the building. So, you know, is it a is it a piece of art in your community? Is it just a feature somewhere that you think, you know, helps tell our city's history? So, um Cultural heritage is a huge part of our city, the people who've come and gone um, and still shape our city today. So those are all the stories. So once we have those 50 submissions, um, we will go ahead and work with the people who submitted those places, with the community that has an investment in that in that building or that feature um, to create sort of, you know, a, a legacy or a preservation tactics specifically right. for that place or that feature. Well, that's awesome. I love the work that you're all doing. Um, And you were talking about how our listeners can get involved. Is that what you were talking about with uh, thinking about something in Denver? And does it have to be within Denver proper in order to be a part of this? Absolutely not. Not within Denver proper at all. We sort of look to our sort of seven county region, you know, as an example, we actually have, you know, properties that we're invested in is, you know, up in Genesee with the sculpture house, 
you know, with Chief Hosa Lodge up in the mountains and all the way to Leadville with Banks. So, you know, we can sort of, you know, think about the greater Denver region. Okay. You know, what in your neighborhood is important? And then just go to historicdenver.org and find our 50 action submission. And you can upload photos. You can write your story. You can pin it to the map uh, to tell us about why this place matters to you and your community. Have you been surprised by any of the submissions that you're seeing right now? Not really. I think uh, so far we're so happy with some of the submissions we've gotten, but they are unknown places. Right. We're so happy to see places that, you know, aren't landmarked, aren't protected, aren't talked about or saved in any way. So that's what's so exciting for us, because it really is the 50 places we don't know about yet. Well, I think it sounds so exciting. And what did you guys see um, as far as with COVID and how maybe that affected things for you? So, you know, of course, when we were planning all of our 50th anniversary things, we had some pretty big hopes and dreams like everyone did for 2020 and 2021. But we think this is still a great way for all of us to come together as a community, mm-hmm. especially with everything that we've sort of been through in the last week, especially. Um, <clears throat> you know, how do we come together as a community, honor the grassroots sort of work that it takes, right. you know, to lift, to lift up a community, to bring a community together, to rally around a cause. You know, Margaret Brown herself did that 100 years ago when she was helping orphans, when she was helping minors, when she was, you know, <clears throat> pushing to get women the right to vote. And then Mr. Art Leisenring certainly did that in 1970 when he rallied the community around a preservation movement. <clears throat> and then today we want our visitors who come or our people who participate in 50 actions to mm-hmm. sort of think about how we come together as a community. And I think that's such an important part of historic Denver um, is that it's, yes, it is about history and it's about things that are important, but it's also making changes for the future. Absolutely. Yep. So we want to inspire our our school kids who come, even though with COVID, we've had to take a lot of that online and do virtual programming. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still able to sort of connect the past to the present and to the headlines we see today. And certainly, you know, preservation issues are forefront as well as social justice issues. So right. we can use both preservation and Margaret Brown's story to sort of help address both of those. Yeah. And for people maybe... Who don't know Molly Brown's story? Um, you've mentioned a few things, but give me a, a couple little nuggets about her and maybe why they should, if they've never been to the Molly Brown House, yes. come and see it. Yes. So um, here at the Molly Brown House Museum, we have that current exhibit, Looking Forward, Looking Back, where you can really explore the house's history, its restoration, um, learn about the people who founded Historic Denver. But you'll also get to hear the amazing and inspirational story of Margaret and J.J. Brown. So, of course, they were privileged to have made their money in the gold mines up in Leadville, Colorado. But they knew they had to turn around and make a commitment to the community with that. Um, So they, as I said, they helped start churches. Um, They built the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception with, you know, their Catholic community. They helped build St. Joseph's Hospital with their community. Um, They helped fund orphanages. Margaret Brown made a substantial donation to help start the Denver Dumb Friends League. You know, just looking around and seeing what the community needed um, and then being able to contribute to that and being a voice for that. And Margaret Brown was really good at being a voice. So she was a one-woman PR machine and was able to step in and help in such incidents as the Ludlow Massacre in Southern Colorado and advocate on behalf of the miners. 
and again, be a part of that national voice of women looking to be enfranchised as voters to have equal say in Mm -hmm. our democracy. Um, And she even ran for U.S. Senate in 1914 so she could be a more vocal uh, uh, component of sort of women in politics. So she's a great she's a great example and role model, not only for her individual accomplishments, but again, for how. She was able to rally people together. So, you know, we all know her from the Titanic story and how she became the heroine. Well, she became the heroine because she helped out, number one, but rallied people together, got them to sort of come together, comfort one another, and then raise money so that the third-class immigrants who are coming to America to start a new life, but then it just maybe lost their loved one, um, had had something to start with. Right. Um, so she, you know, she was so passionate about making sure that, you know, these people still had an opportunity, even though this horrible disaster had just happened. So I think we can learn a lot from how we respond to disasters as a community and how we rally together to help one another. And Margaret's story helps us, you know, helps us learn how to do that. Right. And I think it is such a story that sometimes people only know maybe the Titanic part of it. And yet her life was so much bigger than just that. It was. So we just say the Titanic was a week in the life of Margaret Brown. You know, she was she was a busy woman and so active in her community. And um, she loved to travel, loved to sing and dance. She even learned how to yodel. So she yodeled at Elitch Gardens of all things. Oh, my gosh. How cool is that? So just when you think you pegged her down, she surprises you, which is great because it means you can come to the museum Time and time again, right. and you can hear hear a different story and learn something new about her and about Denver and about our shared past every time you come. I love it. Well, the uh, museum director of the Molly Brown House, Andrea Malcolm, thank you so much for being here and just sharing the stories. And I love what you guys have going on right now with 50 actions for 50 places. If you know somewhere, just go to historicdenver.org to make that nomination. Thank you so much for being here, Andrea. Thank you for having me. I'm Melissa Moore. It's Mile High Magazine. Thanks for joining me on this Sunday morning. For more information, you can always go to the radio station's website. And if you want, you can always share this podcast on your social media. Go out, have a great day, and remember, be kind to everyone.